Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. This is episode 49, and today it's another one of our culturing creativity episodes. And I'm quite excited about this. So today we're going to sort of continue our conversation about using games to inspire creativity and actually share some stories I think that we've created uh, based on the Story Cube game, which I think should be quite fun. Yeah, it should be. So we'll jump straight into it, like most of these shorter episodes. So as I briefly just said, we are going to use Story Cubes as a writing prompt for a, a short story, which is sort of how the game goes. I thought before we get into that, though, we could just talk about sort of writing prompts and how they can be useful uh, in general and whether we actually use them in our creative pursuits anyways. So I don't know, did you want to start, Sarah? Sure. So I think writing prompts are great for getting your mind to create something new. You only have a few clues, so your mind has to create the rest of the story. And, you know, this is essentially what you're doing when you're writing a novel. You you might not necessarily, you don't have the full story. So you have like little row points along the way to help you get there. But I think when we're writing a novel, we get so tied up with the plot mechanics or how we want it to be. And so we forget to let our minds explore possibilities. So I think writing prompts are really great for reteaching that and reminding you to be open and to create you know, based on like, sure, you have one, like a prompt, but what you can do with that prompt has like unlimited possibilities. So I think that's where they're helpful in sort of re-sparking your imagination and sort of pressing reset if you're finding it difficult. I agree. I like the point that you brought up about how when you're writing a novel, sometimes you get so caught up in the mechanics and everything of your plot that you can sometimes let your, I guess, the benefits of that come with doing writing prompts and those sorts of traits kind of go by the wayside sometimes. And I totally get that. Yeah. I think, you know, like it's just when you start thinking of your plot, you think, you know, you've got like this specific idea that you want to do. And instead of treating it like just a prompt or something that is flexible we get like so stuck in it that when we can't get there we're like oh my god I'm stuck I can't get past this point whereas if we just like think about the different ways that you can use it and start being more open you know like it just makes it so much easier definitely so for me I was having a little think about this it's like "Mm, writing prompts So I think they're really great for practicing writing without having to commit to an entire novel, if that makes any sense. Especially for us who generally work on on novels, it's good to have something to practice. You know, other skills, um, you know, kind of stretch. This is going to sound weird. Stretch your creative muscles. I don't know. Um, Whereas your, you know, your novels usually set in it where you've got 
quite a specific voice and tone and everything that you've already established. So you can't really start wildly experimenting in the middle of your novel. So I think writing prompts offer a really great space to do that. They're also really great for generating new ideas for manuscripts as well, I think. I've done in the writing group I am a part of, we do writing prompts occasionally and all of them have gone fairly well. We did one um, in a, well, it's like a cafe bookstore. I was say in a bookstore. It was a cafe bookstore. Um, so we picked a novel. Someone chose a novel with a, whatever the title was. And then we had to write the story that went with that title, which was quite enjoyable, just like a little short story. That was quite fun. And did another one recently with them as well about can't remember they randomly generated something and usually we spend like 10 minutes writing and then share it and then another 10 minutes writing and then share it again which is quite it's really good I I enjoy it mm-hmm. I used to think I wouldn't like it so much because you know I'd be like oh but it takes away from my novel writing time but it is beneficial I think <laughs> yeah I think so well at least for something to do occasionally I, I know when I was in the writing group here in Alberta I really enjoyed it. My only issue was that it was like so far away from my house that it really did take out of novel writing time because right. it took like three quarters of an hour to drive there and three quarters <laughs> of an hour to drive back. So it is quite far away. By the time you factor that in, you're like, oh, is it really worth it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do think that it's it's beneficial and it's fun to sort of talk with other writers. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we enjoy this podcast so much, especially the author spotlight episodes. Yes. I love the author spotlight episodes. Anyways, um, <laughs> Sorry, continuing on. on. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was like, oh no, before we stray too far. So I thought it might be useful, Sarah, if because you have the story cube game. I do not have the story cube game. Uh, maybe if you just go through how it works and how we approached it as well. Um, just so everyone is on the same page with the stories we're about to share. Yeah, sure. So Story Cubes, as we sort of went over a little bit last time, but they're basically you get nine six-sided die that have images on each side of every dice. And so there are different ways to play it. And there's basically no rules really set to how you play. You can make it up as you go. But the basic idea is that the images on the cubes provide prompts. The Story Cubes game gives a few guidelines on ways to play. So I thought I'd read out their idea of how it could work. We chose the first option because that seemed easiest to do being in different countries. And over Zoom. (laughs) Yeah, and with our like time limits and stuff, it just seemed the simplest option. Thought that was a good one to start with. And so I rolled the cubes for Ashley and then sent her a picture of them. I should also mention that we didn't bother with beginning with, um, you'll see when I read out the different options, once upon a time for our stories, because I think that makes it feel a little bit too cheesy. I was going to say, I also kind of didn't read the instructions, so (laughs) it may have influenced this.
No. <laughs> Number two was uh, to think up a title or theme of a story. Examples, the beach, my fantastic vacation, dream, <laughs> then roll all nine cubes and try to tell a story that relates back to the title or theme. And three, divide the cubes evenly among the players. It's okay if some people get more than others. Um, starting with one player and continuing in a circle, take turns rolling the cubes and adding to the story based on the face-up images. Stop after all nine cubes have been rolled or continue rolling for additional rounds. And then it has a little note section which says notes. To play while traveling, remove the clear insert and roll the cubes in the tray. To neatly store <laughs> the cubes, flip over the insert and place it back in the tray. <laughs> for more inspiration, visit www.storycubes.com. It's <laughs> funny. How helpful, you know, good when you're traveling. That's quite funny. It's got uses for Rory's story cubes. Party game or icebreaker, problem solving, creative inspiration, speaking and listening skills, mental workout, and literacy development. So lots of benefits that they've identified. Yes, exactly. So that's basically what's on the insert, like the inside of the little story cubes game package. And yeah, as I said, we chose the first one. We're kind of straightforward um, people. We're like, yeah, this seems-, <laughs> seems easy. Well, the easiest option. And then I was kind of thinking maybe we read our stories and then reveal what the cubes were at the end. What do you think? Sounds good. So I thought maybe we each share our story, I guess, maybe mention how long we spent on it. And then we can go through what the cubes were at the end. And then we can kind of do like an how our mind sort of went through it and how we got to the story that we ended up with. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so I spent about 20 minutes on my story, I think. So it does not start, start with once upon a time. I tried it out afterwards and I was like, no. <laughs> Just like taking it on after I'd written it. No. Alrighty. I chased after Lee. We pushed our way through the bustling fish market, turning down a narrow alley between two rundown housing complexes. Looking up, people's washing was strung from window to window, a rainbow of undergarments and muted t-shirts. Keep up, Lucas, Lee said in Mandarin as he scrambled over a chain link fence ahead. I followed suit, less gracefully, my phone tumbling from my pocket and smashing on the cracked concrete below. Forget it, Lee snapped as he helped me down the other side. I hesitated. Maybe I should go back and get it. There's no time, Lee replied, taking off at a run again. We'll be late. I checked my watch. The parlor closed for entry in five minutes. The whole reason I jumped on that plane to Shanghai at such short notice was to visit the parlor. Get a move on, Lee yelled at me. We're almost there. We skidded around a corner and Lee stopped in front of a splintered wooden door with a flashing neon sign. Dim sum blinked in blue lights with a flashing yellow shooting star beside it. We're here, Lee said breathlessly. He pushed the door open, revealing a long hallway with two guards standing at the end. I tentatively followed Lee down the passage toward the guards. Name, the male one demanded. His head was shaved and he held an AK-47 across his chest, studying us with stern black eyes. Lee explained who we were, but my eyes fixated on the female guard. Her hair was pulled into a high ponytail, eyes watchful. A snake tattoo climbed out from under her shirt and up her neck. Her hand rested on the door handle with a tattoo of an arrow running along her forearm. Let them through, the male guard said. The door opened and we walked into a dingy room heaving with people. I canvassed the room, 
taking in the gambling tables with people tossing dice and playing cards. Clerks behind the barred windows used ancient Chinese abacuses to quickly calculate their earnings. There was no dim sum here. Keep an eye out for Lana, Lee said. She's got to be here somewhere. The end. (laughs) So my cubes were the letter L, hence all the characters' names started with L. I had arrow, abacus, rainbow, dice, plane, cell phone, shooting star, and fish. So that is what happened. (laughs) Right. Shall I do mine? Yes. You can go next. And then I guess we can discuss them after. Yeah. So I also completed mine in about 20 minutes. Don't really have much else to say about it aside (laughs) from that. Anyways, um, so I'll just go straight into it. Freddy stood terrified. His shadow had grown teeth, real teeth that gnashed. Spindly dark legs connected him to the monster. And though its arms lay still, frozen at its sides, just like his, he imagined claws growing from their fingertips. It's not real, Fred muttered, closing his eyes. This was why he liked the night, when the stars were out. Their light was soft and kind, twinkling. It shooed away the shadows, but as he opened his eyes, the shadow monster was still there. His mum would say he'd been reading too many scary stories, how he was an odd child. She'd never had to encourage him to read like she did with his sister. His head was always buried in a book. Maybe she was right. Maybe he was odd. A cartoonish speech bubble ballooned from the monster's lips. You can't hide from me, Freddy. It was true. There was no escape. Even if he swam in the ocean with the fish or flew in a jet plane to the farthest corners of the world, his shadow would follow him. In one of his books, he'd read about Egypt, where there were gigantic pyramids that stretched out into the expanse, towering over the dusty, arid deserts. He'd wanted to go there, but his mum just rolled her eyes and muttered, Maybe when you're older. She said that a lot. Still, he dreamed of it. He pictured himself with a sturdy cane in hand, walking barefoot among hot dunes, like a true traveller. True travellers didn't need shoes. The only thing left behind would be his footprints, soon to be swept away by the wind. But now, he realised, he could never go to Egypt, because the sun was too bright there, and the sun made his shadow strong. The end. (laughs) So my cubes were a shadow scaring a child, a star, a book, a speech bubble, a fish, a plane, a pyramid, a cane, and a footprint. So random. (laughs) They were really random. I felt like the pyramid especially was quite hard. (laughs) So she was like, oh no, now I have to go to Egypt somehow. It was quite a detailed like little picture on the dice as well. It really looked like an Egyptian pyramid, not just like a random pyramid. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. You're like, I can't really get around this one. <laughs> to be fair, um, there is like a winery in, that I went to in Kelowna. That's like uh, British Columbia, which is the next um, province over from Alberta. And there's a winery called... Um, was it Mission Hill that had it? I'm pretty sure it was Mission Hill. No way. No, Summerhill. <laughs> yeah, it was Summerhill Winery. They have like a pyramid there, like an actual Oh, random. Pyramid. <laughs> yeah. That's quite funny. So, you could have written about a winery instead, I guess. Have, Although it would have felt real random, I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not sure how I'd like, you know, fit the other things in. <laughs> 
Anyways, um, so what was your process to sort of writing this story? Well, so once you sent me the cubes, I took like a minute, maybe not even a minute, I just looked at them and I was like, what links together for me? And the very first things that weirdly linked together for me were dice and abacus. And then I was like, okay, so something you could probably use it for like gambling or cards or something because I was thinking like you know you used to like count and stuff I was like okay so gambling and then I was like all right plane and cell phone someone's traveled to go gambling and then I kind of just went from there and then I was like the letter L okay give me a name and then I was like okay I've been watching Rush Hour (laughs) and then Jackie Chan's character is called Lee and I was like haha (laughs) so that's where it kind of went from there and then I guess it kind of just developed on its own from that point onwards. I was like, I need them to get to a gambling den at some point. Um, And I'll just try and fit everything else in as we go. Yeah. How did your sort of mind work for this? I kind of followed like in the instructions, it said to like find one of the images that kind of leaps out at you and then go from there. So I selected the image that kind of interested me the most which gave me my protagonist, Freddie, who was terrified of his shadow. (laughs) And from there, I tried to dive into a child's mind and link the other items in interesting ways. I tried to include the actual word of the prompt in there as well. Well, I mean, I guess the images, so they don't actually have words. So maybe someone would have come up with different words. But yeah, I I felt like rather than just describe it, it made it like to try and like literally link all the items right yeah but it did make it more challenging like there was one point where it was like I was tempted just to write like if I flew to the farthest corners of the world or something instead of flew on a jet plane for example (laughs) I had the same issue with mine because originally I was like oh when I took a flight from Shanghai and then I ended up uh, to Shanghai and then I ended up being like the whole reason I jumped on that plane to Shanghai because I was like, oh, I should probably mention it specifically. Yeah. So um, some items were harder than others. <laughs> what yeah, was your hardest one? Probably one, the speech bubble. Oh, yeah, that would be hard. It was kind of hard to, yeah, to make that seem natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the cane, maybe. And the footprint. The cane is quite <laughs> random. The cane of what does sound random. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was an interesting exercise. <laughs> I found it quite amusing too. I found the um for me, the shooting star was the hardest one because I kind of wrote myself into a corner and I was like, oh no, it's like not nighttime. Like, where am I gonna find the shooting star? See, I also had the shooting star, except I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, I suppose it. I probably should have been more specific and had the shooting star, but I just had made it a star. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last one that I put in. And the other one I had trouble with was the arrow because, yeah, I originally had one idea for it. And then I ended up, I started going on about the tattoo and then I was like, oh, I'll use it as a tattoo because it can go along her arm and then it'll be fine. Um, (laughs) But those two are probably the hardest ones. Yeah. Okay. So I thought next we could kind of do an overall analysis of our experience 
of creating the story how we sort of did it help us be more creative like how did we find the whole process and yeah basically that yeah I guess that it's kind of continues from like what we yeah. were naturally going into there yeah but um yeah I was a, a little bit worried at the start about how I was going to link all these very strange and seemingly unrelated items <laughs> into a logical story but I did get there in the end I think the more items you had the more restrictive it felt and it maybe would have been easier to have a few less which then you would have had a bit more room and freedom for maneuvering the story but you know like that is also one of the brilliant parts of the story cubes because with a single prompt your mind is free to go anywhere but then with multiple prompts you have to look for and create connections which it's challenging to do that but it also stretches your mind in different ways that may like you know a single prompt wouldn't push yourself like to do because you know you you can just simply go on and explore from that single prompt whereas this one like even though it's more restrictive it kind of forces you to be like how can I get from here to here which is a really good skill for <laughs> when you're going from chapter point to chapter point <laughs> yeah so um, I think it is a good thing to practice and probably a really great tool and I should probably use it more because yeah my only concern is actually with it though is that like after a while if you use it too often like the images would start to create just the same images in your brain yeah and then you'd, you'd be wanting to like try and think of different stories every time which I mean like yes you should be stretching yourself to do that but at the same time that would be like a challenge for me I'd be like oh no I used it in this way last time <laughs> <laughs> but you know like overall I did enjoy it and after writing my story I felt a little bit sorry for poor Freddy and curious as to how he was going to cope with his shadow monster <laughs> I've not written from the perspective of like a younger child before either so that was quite interesting yeah what was your experience I was just kind of it's not re entirely related but I actually found it really hard to turn off the novel writer within me because I started writing it and I was like mm, but who is Lee though you know like I just <laughs> who is he like is this realistic for him like why is he chasing or my protagonist Lucas why is he chasing Lee like I can't quite like connect with him properly like, I don't really know and then I was like do I have enough character development in there do I have enough setting and I was like going through this I was like no just write the story it's fine like it's a very short story like you don't need all of that extra stuff in there so amusingly I had a little bit of an issue with that and then I was like no just turn it off and probably means you need to do like more of them <laughs> <laughs> so that was an amusing thing that occurred and I still do have some quick well because I was like well are their motivations strong enough for going to this den because originally I was like what would make them go like trying to think of reasons and that's why I ended up putting the girl at the end because I was like it seems more realistic they're looking for somebody that's why they would go at short notice <laughs> <laughs> oh anyways in relation to the whole experience I, I found it very interesting I didn't really know kind of like when we did free writing for the first time I wasn't sure like what to expect or you know the right way for approaching it so I ended up doing a combination of 
like free writing but with some direction if that makes any sense yeah because as I said before I was like ah I'm gonna use a gambling den and a dude who flew to go there and that was sort of it and then I let the rest of it sort of come through on its own I just had the pictures there and I was like hmm (laughs) like as I went just kind of like dropping them in except for the shooting star which I put in at the end because I was like, ah, I've missed one. <laughs> I'd actually originally imagined them being like the gambling den being like attacked at the end by people with bow and arrows. So I was like, that could be quite interesting. So I was thinking like sort of like triad-y sort of stuff. And then I was like, I was getting to the end. I was like, mm, it's going to be too long. And then I was like, hmm, maybe not. Why? And then I did the whole, is that really realistic? Let me think. <laughs> And then decided no. So then I changed my mind halfway through. So that was kind of amusing. A bit too much overthinking. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, definitely overthought most of it. But that was okay. The thing that I find is that I'll like settle on a name or something and I'll be like, this is such a silly name for like this character. Like why did I choose (laughs) Freddie? Or Fred. <laughs> like, not saying that Freddy is a stupid name to anyone who's out there named Freddy. It's just one of it's those, just, why have I chosen it? It's just one of those, like, kind of slightly common names as well. And, like, where, you know, like, you think, like, Fred, Bob, I don't know, like, Patrick or something. <laughs> they're always, like, they're this kind of, like, group of, like, names that just to me, like, kind of like fill in names and my my brain just like fills them in and then I'm like unhappy with the name but I can't be bothered changing it because I'm like this this is just like a single quick piece of writing so the name doesn't matter I had the same issue well one of the similar issue where I got hung up on a name it wasn't Lee or Lucas like that was fine it was Lana because all I could think of I was like, I need an L name that's a girl that's not too long not too weird and I was like Lana and then I was like do you think people will think of like Superman and Smallville though <laughs> and then I was like do they think I'll be copying her because like she's like kind of Asian looking and then I was like it doesn't matter like just it's fine like it's fine don't overthink this <laughs> I, I always have that issue with names so I, ha- I have it I had it when I was like doing the writing prompts at my writing group as well <laughs> like, what I is this name I don't understand <laughs> well I did like um I found it quite interesting the story came out and then I like raised questions for myself <laughs> you know like you know how when you uh like we talked about in our beginnings episode how you want to like ra- raise questions for the reader I rose questions for myself the writer I was like how interesting wisely here I want to know more I don't have the answers about what happens but I wanted to know so I guess that was a good thing that came out of it yeah so I guess that's something you know we often don't talk very much to um pantsing kind of style of writing because we're definitely more plotters but you know like this is a pro on the side of pantsing you know like if you don't know where the story's going and you have questions and hopefully your readers do too (laughs) it did stress me out though because then I was like what if I've raised questions I can't answer and then I have to like go and change the start (laughs) Uh, anyways I I do have one more point um so I was trying to think of it from a creativity wise sort of standpoint given this is a you know the culture and creativity episodes and I've decided that it was a good exercise. 
I think because kind of touching on on what you briefly mentioned that it has more direction I think than a normal writing prompt which I liked and therefore meant that you do have to be more creative to try and link everything together without it being weird so even though like it's a sort of a difficulty with doing it this way I do think it is good one because it focuses you a bit more I do find with the other like other prompts I tend to go a bit wayward (laughs) you know you like start on the prompt and then you drift off when you're you've decided oh it's too hard I can't do it I'm just gonna like drift it away like slowly transition it away into something that I'm more comfortable with so this made me I guess focus in a bit more which Mm. I think was good I did find it uncomfortable but I think that's because that I need to develop the skills a bit more (laughs) Because you're just tempted to go where you feel comfortable taking it. And you're like, oh, Mm. I've started off with this. I'll just, you know, meander away and do my own thing. So I thought that was quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I think we've covered it mainly. Cool. Excellent. I think we're probably about time to round everything up. All right. So there are still some spots on our author spotlight set. Off that, that, that. There are still some spots on our author spotlight section available. If you want to apply, you can head over to our website, lindersoncreations.com and uh, hover your mouse over the podcast tab and you'll get a link which you can click on to apply. We'd love to have you on if you're interested in coming on our show. So please check it out. And speaking of the author spotlight interview series, the next uh, episode that we have is another one of those. And as we always say, we are very excited about it. We love talking to other authors and yeah. So if you'd like to know more about us and any of our writing projects, you can visit us at the aforementioned website, lindersoncreations.com, or if that's not your jam, you can uh, contact us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Lindison Creations. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. And we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone.